Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey friends, Doug Addison here. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. I want to talk about something that is so, so important. You'd think everyone would be doing more of it, but unfortunately, people tend to do less of it, and that is prayer. I'll know it's good for you, but sometimes, you know, we get too busy, or maybe we feel overwhelmed, or there's warfare every time you go to do it, or maybe you've got so many things to do, one more thing is just too much. But I want to open something up over you that's going to shift the spiritual atmosphere for you. I'm real excited about the subject. I'm a prophetic intercessor myself. Get up every day between 4 and 5 a.m. Not because I have to, because I want to. I have an assignment to pray for people. I pray for you. I pray for the people who follow me. And I want to pray right now. Lord, open the heavens. Open things up over us, even over this podcast right now, to receive this download, this revelation that we can pray and shift the spiritual atmosphere, that we can pray, change our cities, change our families, change ourselves. There's new power coming right now in this area of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I was praying on June 12th, 2016. It was an interesting morning. You know, I got up. It wasn't really anything different that I did that I wasn't doing before, but That morning, the Lord took me into praying something specific, and he asked me to pray that killings would be stopped and the plans of the enemy would be revealed. And that's prophetic intercession. That's where you're just praying, you know, where God leads you. And later that day, just two miles from my home in Santa Monica, California, a gunman was captured before he was able to fire one shot. And that was a morning as well as the Pulse nightclub where 49 people had died. And it was a horrible time in the state of Florida. It was one of the worst shootings in the, I don't know if there's been any that's gotten worse, but that was a bad one. And before, I didn't even know that the Florida nightclub shooting had taken place. But before I knew it, the Lord had me praying to stop this attack. And he said to me, you need to train others on how to pray with power to stop the spirit of terrorism and murder. Yes, this is terrorism. It releases fear and terror. Demonic spirits of fear and terrorism have been unleashed on the earth right now to try to stop the coming revival. That's what the Lord told me. This is designed by Satan to stop the move on the earth, but also to stop the move in your life. The same spirits, fear and Murder, terrorism have been unleashed in the book of Acts. Did you know that? It's the same thing. So it was like, did you know that terrorism is in the Bible? Yes, it's the same spirits. Fear, murder, and terror were unleashed during the time of the early church. And most people didn't recognize this, but this really demonic spirit of terrorism is nothing new. It's been going on all along. It's been going on a long time. 
So if you look at it in the book of Acts, Saul, one of the murderers himself, he approved the murder of Stephen. And he had then later converted to Christianity in Acts chapter 9, a radical encounter, actually, that he had. But he had this time where in Acts 7, an innocent man of God was among those first to be martyred, Stephen. And he was taken and uh, stoned to death because of his standing up for his faith. Now this, listen, this was terror, right? There was terrorism, it was fear. But if you look at it, that was Acts chapter 7. That caused something to shift the spiritual atmosphere. And in the heavens, God responded to the prayers of the people. And he sent Saul or the Apostle Paul, who was one of the greatest revivalist and apostolic leaders of the New Testament. It was the blood of those who were dying that caused God to send one of the biggest revivals in church history. And I believe God's about to do it once again. In fact, Genesis 4, 10 and 11 The Lord said, where have you gone? Listen, your brother's blood cries out from the ground. Now you are under a curse. Now this was Cain killing Abel started a long time ago, but the blood of Abel cried out from the earth to bring justice and the Lord moved. The blood of Jesus breaks all the curses, but it's not automatic. We actually have to approach the throne of grace in the place of prayer and ask for redemption. And we claim the blood of Jesus Christ. In Joel 3.21, shall I leave innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not, declares the Lord. This is really important. We need to claim the blood of Jesus, and we need to let God do the revenge and not us. If we start taking revenge, we start taking things on ourselves, then we're stepping into a place that we don't belong and we lose some of our authority in the place of prayer. But if you begin to claim all the innocent blood that's going on right now, all the shootings around the world, stuff in your family, whether it's literal dying or it's spiritual death or it's financial death, you know, we can claim those things and bring them into the court of heaven. And when we read the news, there's so much innocent bloodshed happening today. And We have a choice of getting angry at God or others or taking this innocent blood or this injustices to the place of prayer. And whenever there's a mass shooting or a bombing or a major loss of life, we actually need to take that to the place of prayer into the courts of heaven and ask for repayment in in the form of blessings, revivals in any area. So the prophetic intercessors begin to cry out right now, cry out that the innocent blood would then now bring revival. Like in the book of Acts, read it yourself. In Acts 7 and then in Acts 9, we saw Acts 7 was innocent blood of Stephen as a martyr caused the Lord to send his very murderer, so to speak. He was involved in it. He converted someone from darkness and brought an incredible light. So the Lord's calling us to pull together in prayer right now. We need to expose the plans of enemies. We need shooters and bombers to be exposed or caught. We need to ask for repayment for the deaths, for the losses of life, for all the terror that's going on. We need to use the internet right now to band together and ask the Lord to move. No weapon formed against you shall prosper.
Isaiah 54, 17. So we could stop terrorism, cyber attacks, hacking attacks, shootings, road rage, innocent deaths. We can actually pray and stop ISIS and Taliban. We can stop the superstorms, the hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, floods, outbreaks of violent viruses, sicknesses, disease, attacks on our finances, our relationships, our health, our well-being. We can do this through the place of prayer. That's why I tell you, this is my motivation right now, folks. We're getting up at 4 a.m., and my prayer list is always active. I have to watch the news and put on a news app on my cell phone because I pray every day, and I'm expecting to see the things I prayed for stopped or exposed. I have that faith right now, and I want to talk to you about this today. In fact, I have a special guest on the podcast, someone who has helped me in the area of prayer. Her name is Rebecca Greenwood. She's the author of eight books. She's been on TBN, It's Supernatural, many shows, and she's got this anointing to break things open in the area of prayer. When we were in need here in Hollywood, she was the one who helped us to shore up our walls where we were getting attacked and we're not getting attacked anymore. In fact, it set up the coming for my healing that I got. I credit Rebecca Greenwood for it. And so I'm so excited that we're going to have her on the show. Now get ready to be rocked. Rebecca Greenwood, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. It is so awesome to be with you, Doug. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited about this time that we're going to have together to talk about God's glory and how he wants us to be people of breakthrough and how we can achieve breakthrough. So I know you're passionate about that as well. Yeah. Well, (laughs) when we met a couple years ago, well, we never met in person, but we met over the phone and I reached out because we needed a breakthrough and we were trying to get a breakthrough here in Hollywood and we were up under all kinds of warfare. And so I reached out to my overseers of the HIM Harvest International and Cheon and and they recommended you, and within a few hours, we were on the phone, I think, and a breakthrough happened. And you helped align us into where we are today, where my healing came, my establishment here in Hollywood. I owe it to the Lord and the servant of the Lord that he said, Becca Greenwood. Well, it was my honor to be able to pray with you and to be able to help you and praise God. Look at the healing that's come in your life. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know uh. So. It's just so amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. It is very excited. So I'm thrilled to be with you today, Doug. And I know even when we talked on the phone and gave strategies and we prayed and all of, you know, what occurred, you know, just continued to pray for you. So we totally rejoice in what God has done in your life and the healing and that what God was wanting to establish you in there in L.A., that was not robbed from you and breakthrough came and you will be able to fulfill your purpose and destiny of yeah. what he has sent you there to do as well. Exactly. And, now, so, I don't know. I'm a prophetic intercessor. I've been one a long time, but now it's been like one of my main roles. And it's like, wow, I've never been this way. And now I'm praying, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. and praying. And I don't know if it was your <laughs> anointing that rubbed off on me or something. Probably. I, I, I am one that's either up from midnight to 3 a.m. in intercession. And if I don't wake up at midnight, it's 4 a.m. when the Lord will wake me up to pray. So. That is amazing. I always say, he must, you know what? I'm not sure what time zone he's on, but. Yeah, when he used to do this, I would say, Lord, you know, 
uh, you don't have to be dramatic on me. You know, I do I do get up at six or seven, and you could just tell me then. But, but right, we, right. But he likes being <laughs> the drama king sometimes and wake you up and, at the right time. Well, just tell us a little bit about your ministry and your life. Absolutely. Well, our ministry is Christian Harvest International, and also we have a prayer network, Strategic Prayer Apostolic Network, and we are very passionate. My husband and I, Greg, and I, we have been married 30 years on the 20th, which was just two days ago, and we are both in the ministry together. We co-founded it, and we have a passion for, obviously, prayer and intercession, prophecy, prophetic intercession, spiritual warfare prayer, where we pray for cities and regions to see transformation come. And we've been very involved also in deliverance ministry, seeing many, many people set free and healed. And so uh, that is kind of the gist of what we do in ministry. We love it. We travel our nation and the nation's uh, mobilizing and equipping prophets and prayer warriors and leaders and pastors to see transformation come. So uh, that's what we're about. We have three awesome daughters. Our oldest daughter is Kendall. She's 27, and she's been married three years to our son-in-law, Cole. And then Rebecca and Katie, they are twins, and they're 24. And Rebecca got married a year ago to Justin. So we uh, love our daughters, and they're all involved in our ministry at some level. The Lord made me a promise, Doug, when I was, though he started calling me to the nations when our oldest daughter, Kendall, was two and a half. And I was reading the book, Reese Howell's Intercessor, and a friend had given me that book. And I was already in intercession, functioning in intercession and And the Lord would wake me up in the middle of the night, like what we were talking about before we started recording, and we would spend hours in intercession. But during this time, reading Reese Howells is when the nations really started to stir in my heart. And um, I hope it's, I'll just go ahead and share the testimony. I think it'll bless people that are listening. And, you know, as we're even talking about, my book, Lori Warfare, if the Lord heads us that direction, but we'll just stay where the Lord's leading us. But literally, my friend gave me this book as a gift, and she said, this has to do with your calling of intercession to the nations. And I started reading the book, but what I noticed is, because I, I had, a, especially at that time, and I still do, but it was really active, my dream life back then, because Revelation was new to me, it was really flowing and so I would dream and, and not, you know, the night before, and I would open up the book and read a chapter in the book. And I would realize that what I had just read in that chapter in the book the next day was what I had dreamed the night before. But instead of it being Reese in the dream of what was happening, it was me. And so there was one night I had a dream. It was very real to me. I was a swim instructor, swim teacher, lifeguards on the swim team and a coach, swim team coach as well. So that was my sport growing up. So the Lord will speak to us in ways that we can relate. Exactly. And I had, I had a dream one night and I was in Kendall, our oldest, who's now 27. She was two and she was sitting on this pier over this lake. And it was a, like a, we're from Texas. So it was a fishing lake. So it was deep. And she was looking down at that water off the pier, swinging her legs, and it was hot outside. So that looked really inviting. And I was up standing on top of the hill looking down, 
and there were two women that were supposed to be watching her and they were lost in their conversation, not paying attention. And I knew as her mama, that baby was about to jump in that deep water because <laughs> it looked inviting and it was hot. So I started shouting down to those women, she's going to jump, but they would never listen to me. So my attention turned to her and I started shouting, Kendall, baby, don't jump, don't jump. And I'm running down the hill toward her in that dream. And I, I get right behind her on that pier and she just can't wait anymore. It's too tempting. And she jumps in that deep water and she can't swim in deep water. So she started to sink. So I dive in after her. And when I did, she had her hand extended up and her eyes locked mine. And there was just this glorious light on her face and total peace. And so I almost could reach her. But then I was so out of breath from running. And one thing you learn in life saving is you can't save somebody else if you yourself is drowning. So your first instinct is to get the breath you need to go back down when you're trained that way. So I went up and I got the breath and I went back down the same thing. She was total peace, this glorious light on her face. She locked eyes with me. The tips of my fingers touched hers and she slipped out of reach into the muddy water. And it so startled me in the dream. It was so real to me that I woke myself up out of the dream. And I ran to her bedroom, picked her up. Of course, she was in her room, asleep, peaceful and sound. And I just held her and sobbed because it was one of those dreams that was real. It was like I thought it had really happened. And so I um, wouldn't pick that book back up to read. And three days went by, and the Lord kept saying, Becca, pick up that book. And I told the Lord no, because I was afraid of what I was going to read. And so finally, I called my friend that bought me the book. I called my friend, and she said, pick up that book and read it. So I did, and sure enough, this is when Reese Howells married his wife, Elizabeth, and they had an eight-month-old son, Samuel. And this was back in the 1930s, 1940s, and they were going to go to Africa to birth revival and it was a dangerous place where the Lord was sending them. So the Lord told them to give their son Samuel to Reese's uncle for him to raise while they were in Africa for 10 years birthing revival. So now I'm really mad at the Lord when I read (laughs) that chapter and I get in my prayer closet and I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? Are you, what are you saying? He said, I've called you to the nation and you have Kindle and you will have future children. He said, where I've called you, I've called your family. And he said, so you need to lay your husband and Kendall and your future children on the altar and give them to me. And my first response was, Lord, what are people going to say? You know, what kind, they're going to think I'm a terrible mother. Can't I wait until Kendall and my future children are 18? And he spoke this to me. He said, the choice is yours, but obedience is better than sacrifice. If you will just start taking the steps into your calling now, just little steps, he said, it will provide a righteous inheritance Mm. for your children in the generations to come. And they will all have a passion for the kingdom of God and the nation. And so I laid Kendall and my husband and my future children on the altar. And I said, Lord, I give them to you. And then he said this to me. It was so awesome, Doug. He said, don't you know that I love your daughter and future children more than you do? And I can take better care of them than you can and trust them to me. And it, and when you're away, they will be loved and cherished. And of course, you know, I was young, so I was just taking steps. So maybe after this, it was like a trip 
once a year, a two-week trip into another nation on a prayer assignment or, you know, a mission trip. But as I just continue to take those steps throughout their life, God has been so faithful to fulfill that promise. And I'll never forget, Kendall was 10 and the twins were six. And my husband and I, it was a Saturday, we were both at home and they were upstairs with the door closed and they all three came downstairs and Kendall she came out a leader. Kendall just came out a prophet, a seer, and a leader. And she said, Mom, we've been having a meeting, and we want to call a family meeting, and we want to talk to you. So Greg and I sat down with them, and Kendall said, Now, Mom, we love all the stories that we hear about what Jesus is doing in the nations. And instantly, the enemy started whispering in my ear, See, they're going to tell you they feel neglected, they don't feel loved, but I... I didn't entertain it, but it was definitely there in the atmosphere. And But then Kendall said, but mom, we're so tired of just hearing the stories about Jesus. We want to be a part of the story wow. of what Jesus is doing in the nation. Please take us with, you, with us when you can. So we do. And to this day, even they're in their 20s, when they can go, they go. They love to be involved. And they're all you know, gifted in their own way. They're not clone me. Kendall's in the fashion industry and doing incredibly well but has a passion for the nations and travels with me. And so, you know, God is so faithful. So whoever is listening, and I wasn't even planning on sharing that story today, but whoever is listening and any mothers or fathers that are even listening to this podcast where God is pulling you, he's tugging on you to step into calling and destiny and, and, and where culture or tradition sometimes has said, you have to wait till a certain time. If he's calling you now, he's calling your family, and he will give the grace, and he will give the anointing, and he will be faithful. He will be faithful to surround your family with his presence and his love and his grace to see you through what he has called you to do. That's such a powerful word. It is. And I think there's even some mamas. And I think there's even some women that are listening right now that this is tugging on your heart. I feel it in the spirit right now and that it's tugging on your heart. And if the Lord is speaking to you to be in government, to be a teacher, to be a nation traveler, whatever he's calling you to do and whatever he's calling you to be, you don't have to wait until your children are 18. If you step in now, they'll catch the anointing with you. And it will be a family anointing, and it will create a passion in them. So I just want to encourage all of you, even women and mothers that are listening right now, start taking those steps towards who God has called you to be. Don't delay your promise and your destiny. Yes, that is such a word, and it lines up with some prophetic words I've been releasing. And even over the next next few months, we're going to see these things happen. It's a big divine realignment happening in the kingdom right now. And mm. uh, we're just so grateful that the Holy Spirit spoke to you to, to share this because it's it's something I know that people are, I just tell you, watch and see, watch and see. And you're going to want to listen to this again because there's such an anointing being released right now. Wow, Amen. that was so, Amen. so good. Well, you've just <laughs> released a new book. Are you releasing a new yes. book soon? Yes, it'll be out the end of October, beginning of November, and it is called Glory Warfare. And so we are very excited about the book, and Destiny Image is releasing it. And there are two messages that I had been sharing 
uh, for a couple of years, the Lord had had me sharing from Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And then also he had me teaching a message from Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. And the Lord just started combining these two messages together that he had given me. And obviously, by how I introduced myself, Doug, you know, we're involved in deliverance ministry. We pray for cities and regions to see transformation come. And we really have seen incredible, measurable breakthroughs and results as the Lord has sent us out into our nation and nations. And, you know, so I'm just passionate about people understanding the glory realm and that that is available to each of us and that we can enter into his presence. We can enter into his throne room and we can encounter him in that glory in such beautiful ways that it can be life transforming, but not only even life transforming, but it can literally empower us to be people of breakthrough. This is this is one thing that I tell people when we're anointed in the glory and God has given us an assignment and he has anointed us for an assignment that he in that glory realm, we're anointed for breakthrough and victory. There is no defeat in the glory realm of God. And we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory and we're fighting from what Jesus has already obtained. And you know, many times we hear this word, you know, glory and, oh, the service was glorious and his glory was so tangible. And, you know, so when I've been teaching this message and what does it mean? What does that word glory mean? And it actually means splendor. It means honor. It means wealth, not even just financial wealth, which is awesome, but wealth spiritually, wealth in our emotions, wealth in our body, just that whole wealth area of the kingdom of God. And it means a manifestation of power. And it means a glorious presence. And it means not only do we have that glorious presence, but there's a reward. There's a glory that comes into us in our inner person when we encounter him in that glory realm. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, Literally, when that that says like a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven, that wind, literally mighty rushing wind, when you look up the full meaning of those words, literally meant that it carried a burden that went down into the deepest part of a man or a woman that could respond to God and transform them in a suddenly instant moment from the inside out. And that's the breath of the life of the Holy Spirit and the glory. And so when we encounter that and we're filled even more with his presence, that there's that glory in that inner person. And when that glory comes alive in us, this word glory, kabod, also means that from that place, we rise up to be rulers and we rise up to be men and women of high rank and ones who govern with him. And so when we are transformed from glory to glory, literally all of these things that we just talked about are unfolding in our lives. And so we literally get to be, instead of looking at the burning bush, (laughs) like what Moses did, we become the burning bush. Yeah, that's good. And 
we are on fire for him and we carry that fire and we carry that presence and we carry that authority and we carry that manifestation of power and the enemy, I'm just saying this, does not want us to understand who we really are in the kingdom of God. Because once we really grab hold and we understand who we are and that we are that burning bush and we are the spiritual atmosphere changers. And Doug, I don't even know if you're familiar with some of my testimony, but I, I used to be bound, which is really funny, by fear. <laughs> and, I, and I laugh every time I say this because God has so radically yep. set me free. But fear, uh, I used to be bound by depression, which is really funny to me because it was just torment in my mind from the enemy that became so strong. From I was a prodigal for three years and was spirit-filled. I'm saying spirit-filled, flowing in the gifts, praying for people at the altar, we were in this this church that was literally on the brink of revival. God's glory would come so powerfully that people would drive by the church, park their cars, run into the church, rush to the altar, and fall down to get saved because they didn't know the Lord. I mean, just yeah. incredible glory presence, you know, that would even draw the lost in. And so, but I could be in that realm and do so good, and I'd go home, and the enemy guilt and shame and condemnation and torment. And, God radically set me free from that depression and from that fear. And I'm so grateful, you know, for the freedom that he brought into my life and that glory. It it literally transforms us in such a powerful way that we become not even just overcomers, but we understand that we're victors and we are more than conquerors in Christ. And So I'm very passionate about people understanding how the Lord wants us to walk in freedom with him and not only ourselves personally, but we can pray. When God gives us an assignment, he anoints us for victory. And I'm already preaching. I'm sorry. I'm just No, this is great. You're releasing something. Keep going. Well, good. Because, you know, even like think about David, right? And Here's David, and he's 17, and we know he was anointed to be king. We know that he had killed the lion and the bear. We know that he was a worship warrior. He, you know, he was a worshiper, and he comes to deliver food. You know, his dad says, take food to your brothers and to the, the army, and, and Goliath is just mocking God, mocking Israel, mocking the army, and David shows up, the 17-year-old, and and he's like, we can take this. There's a cause. Is there not a cause? We can take him. And they begin to mock him, even his own brother, Eliab. And I think this is so interesting when you read that story. Eliab was the brother that Samuel thought, oh, he's the one because of his appearance. And the Lord spoke to him. He said, I do not look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. So here's David rising up into a moment that God had given him an assignment to tackle, you know, to kill, to destroy this giant that was mocking God and Israel and his own brother in front of that army, you know, questioned the motives of David's heart and said, I know your heart is full of pride. And I'm paraphrasing by Becca Greenwood. And I find it interesting. And this is something we need to learn in the body of Christ. The very thing that disqualified Eliab from being anointed king is what he tried to use against David at the moment that God had called him to have a victory for a nation. 
So we've got to learn in the body of Christ not to judge each other, right? And so, but here, David, in spite of all of that, he stands in front of Goliath. And this just wasn't a man. This represented a culture that had stood against Israel, tried to rob the presence of God by taking the Ark of the Covenant, put it in the temple of Dagon. They had robbed from their harvest. They were warlike. They were superstitious. It had been an enemy of Israel. And here's this 17-year-old that stood in front of this giant. And this is my favorite part. Somewhere in him, David chose to believe the vastness of God in him was bigger than that giant and that culture in front of him. And he took that slingshot and he, you know, whirled it around and and he just nailed him right in the head, killed him. And I mean, it's kind of gory. He goes over and cuts his head off. But then, you know, the Philistines fled and the Israelites chased after him and they were defeated that day. And I think that David had victory because he knew this is my assignment. God has called me for this. I've been anointed. And he was able to have that victory. And so, you know, whatever giants we're looking at, whatever giants we're facing, when we know that we know that God has given us the assignment and God has given us the call to go and to release his kingdom and to even defeat a giant, to defeat a spiritual giant, and he's called us to do it, that he is going to give us victory and we're going to see great breakthrough come. And I think we are in a strategic, historic time. Uh, Peter Wagner's spiritual father and very close to he and Doris, and they're like family to us. And there was one time he looked at me and he said, oh, darling, he used to call me darling. And he said, the things that you are going to get to see unfold in your lifetime, the time of history that you are living in. And obviously he was seeing something. And I said, tell me what you're seeing. He goes, I'm not going to tell you the full. It wasn't just about me. It was about the time that we are all living in. And that he said, well, you're going to see the spread of the gospel. You're going to see breakthrough and transformation come to cities and regions. It's the most historic time to be alive. And he, and meaning, you know, this time that we are all in right now. And so some people will say to me, Doug, I want to talk about warfare. I don't, I don't want to acknowledge that there is warfare. And it might sound like a little bit of a, a flippant kind of thing to say, but my response to them is, well, are you a believer and a Christian? And their response is yes. And I'm like, well, it's too late then, because once you're saved, you're enrolled in the most powerful army of the universe. Wow, yeah. And we've got we've got to grab that understanding. And I'm not talking presumption that we just go beat up on everything all the time. I'm talking when we get in that glory realm with the Lord and he's speaks to you a strategy, or he speaks to me a strategy, or he speaks to me, go and stand on this location, go and pray here, go and contend with this demonic structure, go and stand and see this this scheme of the enemy defeated. And when he has deposited that assignment in us, in that throne room, in that glory realm, all authority for that assignment is given to us to execute. And the enemy might have some power, but he does not have authority. And authority always trumps power. That's good. And we have the authority and the power. So (laughs) 
here I am. I'm just preaching. (laughs) You're releasing something. You're releasing revelation. You're releasing hope. And you're releasing a breakthrough anointing for people right now. Because sometimes we can get in in the midst of it, especially with today, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, you can feel helpless. So what you're releasing here is hope. Yes. And I want people to have that hope. And I'm so passionate about it because whereas I used to not even want to get out of bed in the morning when I was tormented and under that torment and that depression. And when the Lord so radically set me free and, and in that encounter that I had with him, I'll, I'll make a long story short, but it was just so awesome. A lot happened in my life when my oldest daughter was between the age of two and three. And we knew Kendall uh, was a seer and Alice Smith is a mentor of mine and she sees and she would watch Kendall's eyes like Kendall was seeing angels and wherever Alice was seeing the angels and the activity, Kendall's eyes would go to it and Alice would go over to her and say, Kendall, honey, are you seeing something? And she'd say, uh-huh, she called her Aunt Alice. And she would say, what are you seeing? And she would describe it. And it was exactly what Alice was seeing in the spirit realm. And so we began to teach Kendall in this. And so we knew she was a seer. And I had put her down for a nap. And the torment that day was just intense. I mean, so intense. But I learned, Doug, if I would open my mouth and just start worshiping, if I would just sing to the Lord then the darkness would it would give me a reprieve. It would lift, and I could hear his voice. And so even when I didn't feel like it, I learned, I'm going to open my mouth and sing. So I just start singing. I, you know, it's an oldie, but one of the ones I used to sing was, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul. Rejoice. And I would sing it, and his presence would come. And that day, he told me to open up the Bible and read about the woman with the issue of blood. So I did. And he said, Don't just read it, study it. So I did. I, you know, and she had been sick for 12 years. She had spent all of her money, you know, to be healed. She literally had had no human physical contact for 12 years because according to the law, if anyone touched her, they themselves would be unclean. And every time she went out in public, she had to shout out loud the whole time while she was walking down the street, unclean, unclean. I mean, just shout it so no one would touch her so they themselves would not become unclean. So we know the story. She saw Jesus and she pressed through and she grabbed the hem of his garment and she was healed. Now, at that point, she's taken her own life in her hands because everybody was crowding around Jesus. So to get close to him, she had to touch people. So she pressed through and she grabbed the hem of that garment and she was healed. And Jesus said to his disciples, who, who just touched me in a Becca Greenwood vernacular? The disciples are like, Lord, you're crazy. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, somebody was just healed. And she said, Lord, it was me. And he said, your faith has made you whole. You heal. And then we always go on right to the next story in the Bible. But the Lord opened my prophetic sight and I could see her in a vision. After that healing, and she was weeping and laughing and rejoicing and running up the people 
instead of saying unclean, she was shouting, I'm healed. And she was hugging people and touching people. And so God healed all of that, her emotions, her body. I believe he healed her finances, all of that in that instant, right? And I threw myself on the living room floor and I said, Lord, if you can heal her, you can set me free. You can heal me from this torment and depression. And I was shouting, I'm an intercessor and, and Kendall was down for a nap and, and my shouting woke her up. And so, and I felt the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, but she started shouting, mama, I hungry, I hungry in her two-year-old voice. Mama, why are you crying? Mama, mama, (laughs) mama, mama. So I go and I get her out of her bed and I worked really hard on her snack that day, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) And while she's eating this demonic voice, oh, so loud, louder than I've ever heard it said, I told you I told you I would never leave you. You cried out to him, and I am still here. And so this weight of torment and depression, heavier than I've ever felt, fell on me. And I'm trying to be a mom at that table, and I'm not doing a good job. And Kimball, all of a sudden, Doug, she looks at this baby, two and a half years old, and starts laughing uncontrollably and hitting her leg. Mama, it's so funny. It's so funny. And I'm like, this is not funny. And she, and she just kept saying that. Mama, it's funny. Don't you see? Mama, mama. <laughs> and I said, Kendall, are you seeing something? And she said, yes, mama. And she climbed out of her booster seat and started walking back and forth in front of me like a warrior with her arms out and walking kind of stocky back and forth and going, making a growling sound. And then she'd just start laughing uncontrollably. Mama is so funny. And I said, Kendall, what is it? What are you seeing? And she said, Mama, it's Jesus and an angel doing this for you. And she started walking back and forth like that warrior again and making that sound. And then she's just laughing. Ah, Jesus, so funny. And so I got to church that night and I ran up to my home group pastor and I turned and I made her lock eyes with me. And I said, tonight's my night for freedom. The Lord's been fighting for me. He's, He's fighting for me and I'm getting in a fight with him. And she looked at me and she said, you're right. And she laid hands on my eyes. Really simple prayer. She said, Lord, show her what you want her to see. And the Lord took me in a vision. And in this vision, there was this ancient book with writing on it. It was in Jesus's hands. And he brought it right up to my face. And I could see my name written in gold in the Lamb's Book of Life, Rebecca Long, which is my maiden name, Greenwood. And all of the torment of the enemy was You think your salvation can ever be secure? You think the Lord can ever use you? You think you're forgiven? It was that just kind of constant torment. And so when I saw that, I just fell on the floor and began to weep. And then another pastor came over, laid hands on my eyes and prayed another prayer and said, Lord, show her what you want her to see. And this time, Doug, the Lord took me in a vision and it was Jesus. And he was coming toward me on the wind of the Holy Spirit, all the glory and the love, just power and majesty. And he got right to me in that vision face to face and he smiled 
And he said, Becca, take up your cross, follow me. It is over. It is finished. And when that word finished came out of his mouth, every bit of that guilt, shame, condemnation, torment, depression instantly just left. I mean, instantly. And joy flooded my soul. And that was 28 years ago. And I haven't been depressed a day since then. More torment. God, praise God. I, there's an anointing right now. And yeah. I want you to release this, some type of activation or something over the listeners, because there's a breakthrough anointing for you, no matter what your situation is. Yes, right now, every person that is listening, I just release right now this encountering, this glory realm encounters, this, the, the place in that realm where you see and you hear everything that he's wanting you to see and hear. And for that breaker, breakthrough anointing that comes in that realm that all darkness flees. And I just release that impartation now. I just speak glory, Lord, that wealth, that honor, that manifestation of power that comes in the glory realm, that that splendor, Lord, that comes in that glory realm, that glory that goes into that inner person, that reward that they will rise up as the ruler and the men and women, sons and daughters of high rank who will govern with you. And Lord, every place where the enemy has come, every place where he has spoken lies, or he has kept people bound or families bound. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I release this impartation that authority always trumps power. And even though the enemy might look like he has some power, that Lord, that you have the authority and all authority in heaven on earth has been given to you. And we are heirs and co-heirs of that right now. And I just speak and release that impartation of understanding, that impartation, that wisdom and revelation, spiritual eyes to be open, to understand and to see and to hear and to grab hold and to walk in that authority that you have called us to walk in. Lord, I thank you. Each person listening, I release the impartation. Lord, I'm just, I'm releasing that glory realm and that breakthrough and that warrior spirit. Sometimes it's like even even people will say this to me. They'll ask me this, Doug. They'll ask, are you a lover or are you a warrior? Like I've got to choose between which one I am. And I, I laugh. My mind's like, well, I'm both. I, everything is birthed out of that love and glory realm. Everything. And so, you know, it's not either or, it's both and. And that day when Jesus set me free, he was the greatest lover and he was the greatest warrior. And so, Lord, that greatest lover and that greatest warrior anointing, I release that impartation now to people. And right now, I silence the voice of every tormenting spirit that has gripped these brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters that are listening to this podcast. And I tell every lying spirit, you go now, you let go of their thoughts, you get off of their ears, you quit speaking your lies, and we break your power now. In Jesus' name, and Lord, I thank you even now as I'm praying. Those that have walked in fear, those that have walked in depression, I break that fear. I break that depression. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. And Lord, just like you did with me that day, open their eyes to see. Show them what you want them to see. Let them hear what you want them to hear. And Lord, I 
speak and release the freedom of your glory and the joy that comes in your glory, Lord, that they will be healed and they will be whole. We release perfect love, perfect love. (laughs) There are some that are listening right now that there has been a battle raging around you that has tried to keep you from the perfect love of the Father's heart. And right now, every spirit of fear, every orphan spirit, every spirit of rejection, every spirit of death, every spirit of abandonment that has robbed them of the joy of experiencing your perfect love, I break that out of their life, off of their life, off of their emotions. I say, get out, go now in Jesus' name. Some of you that are listening right now, you are feeling things lift. You're feeling lighter. Some of you are already giggling right now. There's waves of his father's heart of love that are flowing over you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Some of you are feeling a heat around your heart, even that chest area in your heart. I thank you, Lord, that there is a healing that is coming to traumas that have attached themselves to people's heart to keep them gripped in rejection and fear. And I thank you now that your perfect love is flooding over those hurts and traumas and all fear and rejection are leaving now in Jesus' name. And I want to just speak this word of encouragement to even you intercessors, even with this book, we have different levels of warfare that are talked about in this book, personal occult level warfare, praying for cities and regions. There are some of you intercessors right now that you have just been feeling waves of the Lord's presence and the glory, even as I've been speaking. And the your warrior voice, your prophetic voice has been silenced from situations in the past because people didn't understand your prophetic gift and your warrior gift. Right now, I break off the trauma of where your gifts have been rejected even by those in the church. And Lord, we call forth the warriors to rise up. We call them forth out of hopelessness and despair that they will rise up into the prophetic warfare army that you have called them to be. And they will not be in hope deferred or hopelessness, but they will be revived. They will be filled with joy that there is a sound. There is the roar of the lion of Judah. And some of you are feeling that right now while I'm praying for you bubbling up. Just let that roar out. There is a sound and a roar of the lion of Judah that is bringing breakthrough over your situation right now. And we call forth the prophetic warfare army for the most historic time of Christianity in the history of the world, that they will be on the wall. Everyone that is on the wall is called to be a watchman will be on the wall. Everyone that's supposed to be in government, supposed to be in education, fighting for justice, seeing girls set free from trafficking that are supposed to be in the media. Lord, we call those people forth. We call them forth the warriors that are to take that media mountain for righteousness. Lord, we call forth the arts and entertainment industry. Doug's right there in Hollywood and our friends, Jonathan and Sharon are right there. Lord, we just call forth a revolution in Hollywood now. And those that are called to just go out into every sphere and to take your kingdom and to take your presence and to carry your glory anointed, breaker anointing to see transformation and reformation come. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Wow, wow. There's a, I tell you, this is a, 
This is one of those podcasts. The Lord told me if you're driving, you might have to pull over. That's what he said before we got on this. I forgot to give the disclaimer. But there's such a breakthrough anointing happening right now. And there's something that shifted in the spiritual realm. Now, this is what's going on. You might not realize it, but you're going to see something happen over the next two weeks in your life. And you need to respond. And uh, when Becca was talking about perfect love, that's what got my healing. I got a, the terrible sickness of Lyme disease and chemical sensitivity. And it wasn't until I stepped into the first John four eighteen, perfect mm. love. And I cast out the tormentor. I was able to walk in my destiny. And that's what's going on. She released that in the prayer. I, I was just, uh, I was um, having to step away from the microphone because I was getting <laughs> hit with the Holy Spirit. And I was getting hit with a shift of God that's mm. going on right now. I'm so grateful for Woo! you, Becca. I'm so grateful what's going on in the spirit. Why don't you tell everybody how to get a hold of you, what you offer, books, anything? Absolutely. Thank you, Doug. You know, our ministry is Christian Harvest International. Our website is www.christianharvestintl.org. And you can go to our website. Uh, We've written many books. I just completed the ninth, Glory Warfare, that will be released at the end of October, beginning of November. But we are offering even a pre-release of that book, that if you go and you order it, the book will be $16.99 when it's released. Right now, we are offering pre-orders of $14, and I will sign them as well and send them to you and pray over them. I just, we really felt the Lord encouraging us to do that. And and then, like I said, we travel nationally and internationally. We speak at conferences and seminars. I'm obviously a prophetic intercessor. We flow and teach in prophecy as well, spiritual warfare prayer, how to pray for your city and region to see breakthrough come. Doug, and I'm just even prophesying over you right now. I just got to do this, that as the Lord has positioned you in L.A., that you are one that will bring that breaker anointing into that region as well. And the Lord says, I have gifted you, that he has gifted you to go into even the darkest places of the industry. Wow. And that when you go into those dark places, you will bring the light and you will be known as the prophet of breakthrough, even in the dark places of the industry. And people will begin to seek out your prophetic voice. They'll seek out what you have seen in dreams and visions, and that they will be so drawn to you because you don't carry anything of a religious spirit. And the Lord says that they are hungry. They're looking for the real, and they're looking for the authentic. And he says the training center, the dream center, the prophetic center, I haven't even asked you about this, but that you are seeing that needs to be even planted and launched from LA and that Hollywood reads, I just hear the Lord saying that he is going to bring the financial provision and the breakthrough for the vision within the next six months to a year. You're going to get, you're going to come, you're going to get a suddenly moment of a sum, a lump sum and a suddenly moment. And I have to, I'll have to ask you later, is that something the Lord's placed on your heart? But he's shown you, I see that in a vision that you're going to be establishing a center. It's like a hub of the prophetic and of revival glory. And so even as you're on the streets, even as the Lord sends you out into different areas, people will be touched, but they'll be drawn to even come to that revival, glory, prophetic hub that you will establish. And they will feel 
safe and they will encounter the Lord there and lives will be transformed. Key players in the industry will be drawn to you. So Lord, we just call that in now in Jesus' name. And so yes, obviously, Lord. as I was giving that word, we we also function in prophecy and deliverance. And, you know, so we teach and we train, we equip, we help form strategies. I'm partnering with nations right now, Doug, with key marketplace governmental leaders in certain apostolic leaders in several different nations, uh, partnering with them, getting a prophetic strategy of the Lord of how to begin implementing breakthrough and transformation in their cities and in their nations. And so it's fun, and we consider it an honor and a privilege to walk with the Lord. So That's so powerful. Well, prophetically, absolutely. I've been asking the Lord for a confirmation on this million dollar, uh, there was a million dollar offering the Lord said would come to me, uh, not necessarily, what, I don't know how it was going to come, but he said, and then the center that I'm supposed to open in LA would then begin to happen. I haven't told come anybody on. about that. And I've been asking the Lord, I says, give me a confirmation from someone. And, oh, and come on, you're the first to actually. God is so awesome. Yeah, it was so wild. You've been part of our healing, our establishment here. You taught us a lot in, in prayer and, and intercession. It actually helped us to get the prayer shield up that we needed. You know, well, you're and, so key. You need that prayer shield. Look what yeah. I mean. Hollywood's not an easy place, right? No, not at all. <laughs> I tried to put it on automatic for a while, but you can't. You cannot. You've got to get in there. And now I say I have a 4 a.m. job now in the courts of heaven, and part of it is that that anointing that got imparted to me being yeah. around Becca Greenwood and her team. And so we're so grateful for you. Thank you so much, Becca, for being on the show. It's my honor, and I'd love to come back and be with you anytime, Doug. And yeah. I just, I respect you and honor you. Thank you for all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. You're an amazing man of God. And so the best is yet ahead. That so is thank exactly you exactly so right. I'm excited. All right. God bless you, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.